up? Welcome to Decaf with Taylor and Mark from the Beacon Center of Tennessee. Mark got the best news. We're, we're going to talk about it later. Don't talk about it yet. But Mark got the best news of a lifetime the, earlier this week. I'm the one that texted to him. I will. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I saw it five minutes after you, but you are the one who alerted me to the news. And I made, I think, seven or eight phone calls immediately. After. I don't even know if I responded to you because I was making, I, I think I did, but it was like later. It's like I made so many phone calls right away. So we're going to save it. But if you want to know what the best news of Mark's life in the last, how long have you lived in Nashville? Seven, eight years? Almost nine. Yeah. Almost nine years. If you want to know what the best thing that's happened to Mark, his wife aside, the best thing that's happened to Mark since he's lived in Nashville, uh, definitely stick around and we will we will talk about that in a bit. But for now, um, let's drop a little teaser for another exciting thing that's coming up before we get into our into our topics. Mark, you got a big overcaffeinated coming up next week with someone who I think is so freaking funny. I'm really excited. I, I'm really excited. So like we've had, I mean, over caffeinated, the whole point of the show was kind of to bring, you know, people in politics, actors, things like that, and just talking about public policy and you're know, talking about fun things. And we've had a lot of politicians and we found it's just hard to get, you know, celebrities. We got um, John Rich, which was awesome. But otherwise, you know, a lot of people don't really want to talk about politics or policy, no matter what side they're on. Yeah. Um, but we got somebody who I think is really cool. Not everyone watches the show, but there's a show called I Love a Mama's Boy, which is an insane show of like these moms who are really overbearing and have and they deal with the girlfriends and like it's like that these guys have a tug of war between their moms and girlfriends and it it's insane. It's very fun to watch. Let me cut in for a second and say yes. that Mark watching TLC shows is not something that Kira brought into Mark's life. Mark has always been kind of like what you imagine a stay-at-home mom watching TLC shows, <laughs> drinking her coffee and watching 90 Day Fiance, drinking a, having a little beer, a little seltzy and watching I Love a Mama's Boy. Like TLC is Mark's jam. And so yeah, this don't is- Don't say seltzy, but otherwise. <laughs> but this is, uh, this is kind of a dream come true for you, huh? And I think one of the things that we wanted to do with Overcaffeine is we did we do want to hit a little bit of a different audience. That's the point. And it's awesome that these politicians talk about things that are not just politics. But we wanted to get some like different types of celebrities. That's why John Rich was, but it's so hard to get them. Even I've I've been in talk with a bunch of different agents, like, yeah, maybe we'll see, but like we can't talk about this, this, and this. But so we have a guy named Shakib who was the main guy in I Love a Mama's Boy and one of the best people there. And and I, I told you he sent a great response to me. Um, he's he's kind of got a great story. I, I believe he's from Afghanistan and, and he's kind of got, I think he's, um, he's just one of the, the most popular people on that show. And his mom is something else. She is, Layla is something else with his, and his girlfriend is also something else. It's, and season three of that is coming in 10 days. So we're going to interview him a few days before season three for me, so which he's in. Um, but he, I sent him an email and we were trying to schedule a time. And he didn't respond for a few days. So I followed up and say, hey, Shakib, like, I just want to see, does this, does, you know, next Tuesday work for me? He's like, sorry, I, I lost my emails. I'm just like Hillary Clinton. And it was just a very funny email that he sent. And, and like, and, he, and he's, a, he's an actor him. too. So it's, I'm very excited. So Shakib Commander, we're excited to have him, reality star um, and very funny. So that, that'll be next week. That's so exciting. Uh, you know, what's not so exciting is <laughs> taxpayer money being spent on stadiums. I... I'm going to put my head through a wall if we have to keep doing this over and over and over again. And we actually saw had some news drop earlier this week. Mark, what the heck is going on? 
so essentially the outgoing county mayor, Jim Coppinger, who is not running for re-election, he's retiring, um, has made the stadium a priority. Him and him and the um, the mayor of Chattanooga, uh, Tim Kelly, had said they want to do the stadium. And basically they hoped that the, the state would give them money for the stadium. The state gave money to every other stadium in the world except for this one. So I guess we're happy. It's kind of a weird combo. We're like, I get. So they chose not to fund the stadium. The state, I think they had you know, too much money tied up in the Titans that they couldn't afford to. Which uh, so they're trying to figure out before he leaves office. They're trying to figure out how am I going to get the stadium in the next forty-five days when we don't have the money. So they're saying that they uh, Mayor Coppinger said in an interview last week, late last week, that they want to use American Rescue Plan funds in order to fund the stadium. Now, to be clear, the American Rescue Plan was whether you agree or not with it. It was money for COVID, for small businesses, things like this. This does not meet any criteria of what you're supposed to do with this money. And using it on the stadium, I think, is just the biggest slap in the face to taxpayers. And, and you know, Mayor Coppinger is basically been a, a he's governor as a conservative for 11 years so it's not a it's i mean he's obviously a, he's a republican so it's something that's really you know different than how he's governed and i think it's a real problem and we need to call it up because not only is the stadium awful we we've seen a million times how awful you know stadium investments are there's a, a, a an article or a report from the sycamore institute today in, in today. tennessee yeah talking about how bad the stadium investments are and, and talk about the Titan stadium, but we have been against this forever. It is a terrible investment. The stadium is not even 60% full right now or 40% full. I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's 37% full last year. And they want to build a new stadium in Chattanooga with taxpayer funds. That's horrible. It's awful to begin with. They're trying to push it through before Coppinger leaves. He wants us to be his legacy, which I, I don't think he wants. It's not going to be a I good one. I think that's this. a very good legacy. But th this whole idea is oh, we hate all of that. All of that's horrible. It's bad investment. It's bad for tax and stuff. But then using American Rescue Plan funds, which were specifically set aside for COVID, is just the biggest slap to taxpayers in the world. And that, yeah. I mean, it shows you part of the reason why maybe that wasn't a good bill to pass in the first place if people are right. using it on things like stadium. Yeah, and it is. And it's just like, and you, I, I'm just done. And I'm sure he's a nice guy, but I, I can't do it with the self-described fiscal conservatives continuously doing things like funding stadiums with taxpayer money. It's, it's, I think it's insane. And on top of that, we have seen a poll. Nobody in Chattanooga wants this. We saw a poll of Republican primary voters that only 20% of them in this last election approved of the stadium of using taxpayer money for the same. So 80% of Republicans either are not sure or don't approve of that. Right. And it's just, this is just a, you know, it's to help out your millionaire and billionaire friends and help out Jason Fryer, who we've had some issues with in the past. And it's just, it's a bad deal. And if it goes to vote, it loses. And I just don't like this idea of let's push this through before I leave office. I don't think it's a good plan. It's, it's definitely sloppy. It's definitely careless. <clears throat> and it's definitely... <clears throat> very inconsiderate. Whoa, what's going on in the road? It's definitely very inconsiderate to the men and women who were out of jobs and were trying to work hard during the pandemic to provide for their families to then turn around and use tax dollars or dollars that were supposed to be used to help rescue businesses from pandemic woes. It's just, it's so sloppy. So, and it's at a time where people are paying, and we'll talk about this later, but $5 a gallon for gas. You're saying, you know what? Not only do you have all these other struggles in your life, but we want you to pay for a stadium that all these millionaires can afford, choose not to because they want your money. It's a terrible investment for you. That's why they're not paying for it themselves. It and it's just at a time where things are, everyone's struggling, inflation, all these gas prices, and then you want to make taxpayers pay for this. It's just, it's not a sloppy. It, it's honestly, it, it's, 
demeaning and it's horrible to taxpayers to do that. I love it. I love how candid you are on this. Um, if you live in Chattanooga, Hamilton County, and you have an opinion on this, we want to hear from you. Call us, email us, let us know what you think about this because not too many. I feel like we're getting like a million emails because no, again, I want to be clear. Nobody wants the stadium. Yeah. Democrats, Republicans. Well, I like, know one person who does. Okay. Yeah. Maybe one. Yeah. Jason Fryer. <laughs> Um, but he's not, not a Chattanooga resident anyway. But no, no, but I mean, like, this is a super unpopular thing. This is not, and they keep, you know, putting this, oh, it's going to be a whole shopping center. It's like, well, let people, I mean, that's the government's job isn't to create shopping centers either. No, get a commercial developer in to do that, but it's not the government's yep. job. It's absolutely reckless. And then, like you mentioned, with the cost of building materials and labor costs going up, because gas is about to hit $5. Think about bringing people in, having to, like people coming to work, bringing in machinery with gas the way it is. This is not the time to start on a project like that that the government is paying for. If a private company wants to start a project like that and have people with actual money that's not a blank check pay for it, that's fine. But um, this is not the time. But let's talk about that gas thing for a second. What did you say? Mark said before this call, Mark goes, oil experts said that it's going to hit five. Gas is going to hit five dollars. I drove to Atlanta yesterday. I'm in Atlanta now for the Braves game. I spent so many dollars on gas yesterday. It made me want <laughs> so to many. die. <laughs> so many dollars. What this is. I say it all the time. I joke about it all the time. But what is Biden's America? I feel like I'm in Stranger Things. I mean, here's the first thing is like, yeah, I read this article about like, I'm like, who are oil experts? <laughs> who is somebody like, you know what? I'm an expert on like oil. Like, I, I don't, I think it's a crazy title, but they said it's going to go over $5. I think by Tuesday as the national average was the prediction. Um, you know, and I, I hate, I don't want to make it political because I do think a lot of this is out of as much as, you know, I think that we both have agreed and President Biden's not done a great job a lot of things. I think he gets a lot of heat for things that are not necessarily his fault. The same way Trump did. Right. Um, I think that I the agree. president can only affect so much. And, you know, in my opinion, Biden has done enough <laughs> bad things. You can focus on that instead of some yeah. of the things that maybe are not as much his fault. But the gas prices are, are insane. And um, I think we talked about this last week a little bit. It, it, the biggest issue is that the Biden administration didn't seem to realize this was coming, despite all of the indications. They they didn't think inflation was real, or they said it was going to last for a few weeks. And this gas price thing is something that really affects, you know, every single person. And I think it's so, I think the biggest thing that I'm seeing right now is how insulting some of the people on the kind of the far left are saying, oh, well, that's why you need to get electric vehicles. Like, listen, this gas price is because of some of the policies that have been done, whether they're, you know, abroad or here. It's not, be and it's because of the, you know, the taxes we put on gas. It's because of these other things that you all do to make the prices expensive. There's some level that you can't help, but this whole idea of yeah, spending $40,000 on an electric car um, is, is not feasible. And yeah. again, and, and that's not even talking about the feasibility of electric cars generally, which, you know, yeah. even though there is some that work, the ones that are the good ones that you don't really need to, you know, you, you don't need to charge every two hours are like $80,000 vehicles. People can't well, afford that. No, yeah. people can't afford that. Nor so stop talking that. down to us and say, oh, we need to, and I think, yeah, even Debbie, uh, Debbie Stavenow just said something about uh, how gas prices don't affect her. She has an electric car. It's like, listen. Good for we, you. They affect the rest of us. I know. I know. And, and if people are going to afford electric car, that's great. But this whole idea of just because you want to be environmentally friendly and stuff, this gas price thing is a huge issue. 
for it every also, single person. And guess what? Even the most, you know, liberal person who wants green energy, if they can't afford an electric car, they want gas prices lower. So yeah. I think this whole idea of ignoring American people is truthfully really bad strategy um, when an election's coming up. Outside of even my political view, I think it's a bad PR move. Um, but you have to really understand what Americans are going through right now. And again, me and you are luckier than most, right? Yeah. If we have to pay, and because A, we don't, we work from home. B, right. even if we did work from the office, like, yeah, it's going to affect our, our pocketbooks, but we are but not going to afford gas. Afford it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But you have to make cuts elsewhere. You know, if I'm paying, if I, if I fill up my car for $70 one day, I might not go out for drinks with my friends that night, which I would have been doing otherwise three years ago when I bought this car. So it, it is really a disaster and it just goes to show how out of touch, and I say this a lot of times, but the climate, energy, environment people, they're very out of touch with just the normal everyday working person. They prioritize energy and, and climate health. I don't even know what to say about that over the livelihoods of just working men and women who need to go to their jobs. It's very out of touch. It should not be as much of a priority as they think it should be. What should be a priority is making sure that people can get to their jobs because they'll have more mind space to think about if you really want people to think about energy and the environment clear up space in their minds to be able to think about it not don't just force it on people when you're forcing them to think about gas and forcing them to think about how groceries have doubled in price they don't have the, they don't care to think about energy and the environment i'm sorry they don't so it just goes to show how out of touch that is and it's interesting because we have these millionaires who like, oh, I can afford these things so everybody can. That's the whole idea. It's like, oh, yeah, I don't mind paying $8 a gallon for gas or like whatever it is. It's like they are just, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio talk about these things and they take his private jet. It's like they don't actually understand what, you know, real people deal with. And they're on this they're on this ivory tower that they don't get it. And it, not to say that they're um, – their principles aren't good or like, I mean, I, you know, I think that, you know, a clean environment's a good thing. So it's not to say they're bad people, but it's like, they're not living in the real world. They're living in their own little world where that kind of thing is, is can happen. Well, I think about it all the time. I, I remember in elementary school history, learning about the Model T and how the Model T was such a huge thing because it really leveled the playing field because it was the only car that existed. Rich people had it, poor people had it. It really leveled the playing field. So then you start to think about, okay, Leo, if your arguments are so, <laughs> okay, Leo. Okay, Leo. if you're going to argue what the American people do all the time, if everyone starts to get a private jet and everyone starts to drive in Teslas and everyone starts to do this, it's you're, you're still going to want to do more. You're still going to want to step above them because you want to be on an, an a even higher playing field. That's how I feel about all these celebrities that say like Kim Kardashian saying, everybody needs to get up and work. Like, come on, girl. If everyone had what you had, you would still want to stay take a step ahead it's not going to satisfy you so you're always good they're always going to be in their ivory tower and they just need to accept that not everyone can get there but it's crazy though even the people in their ivory tower they want all these things but they don't really believe in capitalism so it's impossible for people to have these things i mean leonardo dicaprio is not a capitalist so it's like they're like oh yeah we want to do all these things and we want you to be electric cars oh yeah but we also don't believe in like the in real economics so it's like if everyone did what you know, you suggest in one way, then everyone's gonna be poor and nobody's gonna be able to afford anything. So like, great job. But I, I, I want to make one point that you said, because I think it's important. You said you can't go out for drinks with your friends. Like that's kind of a first world type problem, but it, it matters. But what about the people who, you know, are making $20,000 a year? Oh, they know. can't afford to put food on their table for their kids because of the gas thing. I and know. it's like, it affects everyone differently. And it still matters. I'm just saying like, this is 
a major, major issue. And, you know, for people who it, it doesn't matter your political leanings, it does, this affects everybody. And, yeah. and it's this whole idea of the people who are barely getting by now, you're making it so instead of barely getting by, they can't get by because of this gas price. And of course, I'm, it's not. I'm very, I'm very thankful that the increase in gas just means a, one less glass of wine. I'm so thankful for that. But it just, it brings to the forefront of your mind that like, if I, who am doing really well, am having to sacrifice a glass of wine, yeah. think about how people who aren't doing as well are what they're having to sacrifice. It just, it's really, really sad. I've never seen Sam's Club so packed. You know, I'm a Sam's Club girl. I've never seen it so packed. Families are in there buying whatever they can buy in bulk. The lines for gas are so long. They were out of gas just the other day because people were going there because it's 20 cents less expensive than the Mapco across the street. It really is. It feels like I was watching this movie called Licorice Pizza. It's a Wes Anderson movie and it takes place back in the 70s when gas was scarce and there were lines in LA just down the street of people not being able to get gas. And it looks like that. I mean, it, it really is kind of a scary, weird time. I feel like we're seeing a lot of movie references come to life simply because of bad leadership and poor planning from our leaders. Yeah. And I mean, other, and there's other external factors like wars, but uh, yeah. it's not, I feel, I feel like we need to be honest about it and to say there's a lot of different factors. You know, some things we can affect, some things we can't, but it's, it's a big issue. And as a secondary thing, I just joined Sam's club. Their pizza is so good. I know. They're, like so I got good. a pepperoni pizza. It's the biggest slice I've ever seen. And it's so good. And like, and I, I don't understand. They got oh, I don't, I'm not into hot dogs, but is all okay. their food good? The fountain drinks, the pizza, like I love going to Sam's and just, I mean, some girls go to Target and get a Starbucks. I go to Sam's and get a hot dog and a Coke. Like there's, there's and a it's different. So cheap. It's so cheap. Like, it, like I think the slice of pizza was like this big pepperoni. It's like a dollar 99. I'm like, what is happening here? I know it's a beautiful thing. And there's steaks. You can get four fillets for $40. That start to look. I, I want to get like Sam's Club pizza on Uber Eats or something. I, I don't know who to talk to about that. It's so good because their parking lot's so big. You really have to try to get there, but it's always yeah. worth it when you do. Okay, well, a separate. So that's a, a positive note on the. But yeah, so join Sam's Club. That's a good recession thing. Yes, you know, I was about to make a joke that might not be appropriate, so I'll refrain. But I do want to talk about how um, how some golfers, none that I'll miss mind you, Bryson, Patrick, Phil, enjoy your life in Saudi Arabia, are leaving the PGA Tour to go to live golf in Saudi Arabia. Like, what a joke. I mean, I, I listen, okay, here's the two sides of my brain. One, we appreciate competition in the marketplace. If Live Golf treats their golfers really well, then the PGA Tour will treat golfers even better. That's just kind of, and they'll go back and forth like that. The second thing is Patrick Reed, who is like Mr. America, always brings so much energy to the Ryder Cup, is, is the ultimate cheerleader, is leaving an American golf league to go to Saudi Arabia to play golf. Good riddance. Well, no, no, to be clear, it's not, they're not going to Saudi Arabia. That's just the, the, a lot of, yeah, I mean, it's be in the U.S., it's going to be, I mean, there's going to be tournaments everywhere across the world. It's just somewhat financed by some Saudi Arabian, mm -hmm. you know, families. Don't like that. Don't like that. Okay, so I think I'm gonna be on the opposite side of you on this then. Okay. I don't. I don't like that either. I mean, obviously Saudi Arabia is terrible, but like, right. I, I think I think it's interesting the uh, 
you know, the PGA strategy. They're saying, and I mean, some, some big, first of all, they made fun of the players going like, oh, we're not going to really miss them. It's like, look, you have Dustin Johnson. You have, I think you have like 11 majors winners who have gone and done that. So like, there's some real players. Maybe they're not, you know, the best in the world today, but there's some really good guys with there. But they keep using this point like, oh, you're going to go to a tour, you know, that doesn't treat women of a, of a place that doesn't treat women well and things like that, right? Hey, you do a major tournament in, in, a, uh, in a place that doesn't allow women in there. I don't want to hear anything about women's rights or the PGA. Are you talking about Augusta? Yes. They allow women now. Condoleezza Rice was one of their first members. Oh, oh good. Oh, yeah. What, six years ago they allowed women? So that makes it okay that you've done a major there for 40 years? And I don't care. Fair. I think you do whatever. But I, hearing about women's rights from the PGA, it's like, that's that's fair. Joke. And instead of just saying, I, I mean, I think it's insane. And I don't, you know, I believe in competition. I think the PGA is a terrible organization. And I think it, I, I, I like, like it's the NCAA, where it's, it's run so poorly. And the fact there's any competition makes me happy. Of course, I don't like that, you know, Saudi Arabia is the ones behind it. And they, they have all these, of course, human rights violations and these things. I just, I'm sick of hearing, I don't want to hear about women's rights from the PGA. This is just a ploy because you don't want people going. And they, the PGA has handled it as horribly as possible. I am down for competition at any time. Okay. I am not down for, um, anything from Saudi Arabia and that's just and that's why but, but people should have a choice I mean, I mean it doesn't it's not you don't have to join it I I'm I'm I fully agree with you I think if the competition was coming from a country that did not have so many human rights violations associated with it and money was not going to like you know when we watch golf well they're losing money so really they're taking away money right now yeah I guess so I just I don't want to see people in Saudi Arabia making money off of my favorite sport. And I mean, I, I mean, I, I, we see people in China making money off of favorite sports. I mean, almost everything yeah. we're involved in, we see people from countries we don't like making money. And it makes money. my stomach hurt. And that's why I love golf so much. And, and I just, it makes my stomach hurt to see people who are violating human rights left and right, making money off of a sport that I love so much. But my boy, Justin Thomas came out and said, he's not playing anywhere other than the PGA you know, that's what I care he about. He hasn't really played anywhere well in the last year and a half anyway. He so. won a major like three weeks I know, ago. I know, I know, I know. Watch was, it. That was a better joke like four, a month ago. But yeah, yeah it's like, been a better joke in February. But I don't, I just don't think, I don't know. I, I don't understand why people are being critical of these. I, I don't, I don't understand this whole idea of being critical. I think it's I mean, fine if you say, I want to stay at the PGA, but the PGA is a bad organization. So you're like, it's not, and I mean, you even acknowledge it. They don't treat their golfers super well. I mean, there's a reason these people are leaving. It's because they, they're they not getting as much money as they should be getting as part of, because the PGA keeps too much of the of the prize pool for what they make. Well, I'm critical of the league, not necessarily the players, other than players yeah, no. that I've always been critical of, which is Patrick Reed and Bryson DeChambeau. Can't stand them. Good riddance. Get on out of here. I, I've always said, let's lock Brooks, Bryson, and Patrick in a room together and see who comes out alive. Because but I mean, <laughs> Justin Johnson and Kevin Na and Phil Nicholson like are the Justin. best people. I mean, they're some of the best people at the PGA Tour. I know. So it's like, it's not just attracting. I, I, I understand. And I haven't sides. criticized Dustin for his decision at all. I'm criticizing the players that I already didn't like. Yeah, so so it's it's just really a, pre, a pre-existing like hatred a that, you're, that you hate hatred. more now. Exactly, yes. exactly. Exactly. But I don't, I just, I have a gut feeling about this league. I don't like it. And I, you know, when the money is coming from Saudi Arabia and the money starts going back in there, what are they going to do with it? It stresses me out. It really stresses me out. I don't like it. 
I mean, they are, again, they are losing money. They're paying so much money that, that this is to get on the ground. And it's not just Saudi Arabia. It's, there's a lot of different people involved in this league. I, I don't agree with this either. And I think, you know, obviously Phil Nicholson's comments were, were bad when he talked about basically, so I, I don't care about the way that, I don't care about the way they treat gay people as long as I'm making money or that's bad, but it, it, it's important to have competition. So of course, really I don't agree with that, but like- the PGA is also from a PR perspective, handling this as poorly as possible. Right. Instead of saying, hey, yeah, go do that. You you know, you can still play on our tour if you want to. If not, like banning people from the tour and like the Ryder Cup and things like that. It's like, listen, there's still Americans. They're allowed to play on other tours. You're not banning them from your events is not going to make more people want to stay, especially the other tour is paying them more. Like yeah. y- you should be like, yeah, of course, go play for that. You know, you have to play in our four majors or whatever. And I, and I think that truthfully, they're going to ban, they're going to try to ban previous winners from the majors which is going to be a real problem oh, that, that that's my guess of their next step because they are really and they're they are handling this poorly where people feel more comfortable leaving because of the way they're handling this talking about you know women's rights and things like that's like that is not of course we agree with that but that is, you are not the people to be sending that message yeah that is so spicy oh my gosh this is going to be so good i can't wait until a documentary comes out on netflix about this it's, gonna be <laughs> well, it, I, it's also interesting i don't know that i don't know the economics of golf um, but with what they're paying, this LIV is paying people. It doesn't seem profitable. I don't know what the long-term thing is. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be profitable. I'm guessing it's one of those like pay a lot up front to get people in the door. And then if they feel like they're treated better, you can kind of lower it and still pay more than the PGA. But it, w- w- I, I see some of these pots. I'm like, gosh, how can they possibly make money on this? I know. I, I, but also you never really know where money's coming from. So maybe they are, I don't know, but it, it does seem insane, but I am interested to see this all play out. And I'm very interested in the Netflix documentary about all this once it's over. Cause you know, I and I, I want to be clear, the PGA tour, you know, has the PGA tour series in China. I don't want to hear about human rights. They have events all over the world in these same places that are benefiting financially from human rights violation. So it's just the wrong spokesperson. That's what it is. If somebody else, like they are not the people that's like the NBA talking about, Oh, you know, we need to worry about how people are treated, you know, and all these things. Americans like you you are giving, I mean, China is your biggest, you're making the most money from China. I don't want to hear from you. Yeah. We've talked about that a million times. This is a classic situation of everyone is in the wrong, but I'm still pro PGA tour and pro America. And I'm really sad that Dustin Johnson's leaving, but as for the rest, bye. Bye. Um, I mean, that, that when he won that tournament as like, you know, he's kind of out of it. He won a major or whatever a year and a half ago. And like, it seemed like he was done. That was such a good story. When he sure, it was fun to watch, but he's got a bad attitude. <laughs> no, I like him. I, I think he's probably my favorite golfer. Oh, well, my boy, Justin <laughs> Thomas is staying strong. Um, let's talk about something else that's your favorite. Is everyone ready for the big announcement of what made Mark's life complete this week? Drum roll, please. Yeah, I was going to say, I need a drum roll. And, so, Wawa, um, the, you know, Pennsylvania-based Northeastern incredible uh, convenience store gas station. Gas station. Well, no, no, it's convenience store first, gas station second. Because here's a fact, not all Wawa's have gas. There's some that are just convenience stores. Um, But it's like this. so much. (laughs) Yes, most people, anyone in the Northeast, that's like the number one thing you miss when you go somewhere else, right? It's like, it's a place where it's open 24 hours. They have hot made to order food. Great sandwiches, fantastic coffee, maybe the best coffee that, that you yeah. had. Um, and it's only in kind of like that North Delaware, DC, Virginia, um, New Jersey, 
Uh, and they just expanded North Carolina. So like I saw it about a year and a half. They're like, hell, I have some hope. And they are officially coming to Nashville. And in Nashville, area, they said 40 Wawa's are going to be opening in the Davidson County, Williamson County, kind of middle Tennessee area in 40? 2025. 40. 40. And, and that's the thing. It, there's going to be one around every corner. It's you will go there. Everybody who doesn't know about Wawa will go there at least once a day. That is the kind of thing. You just go there every day. That well, you, you brought me back that coffee from Wawa when you went home one time yeah. and it was so good. Do they have like frequent flyer punch cards or like yep. I get pilot yep. rewards now because yep. I like I'm a pilot gas station girl. Always oh God, you won't be anymore. <laughs> I know, but I always for the options that I have, I yes. always feel safe in a pilot. The bathrooms are clean. Their coffee is good. I'm a big pilot girl, but I'm willing to be convinced that love. You don't have, you'll get there once and you'll be convinced. I like Pilot. I think Pilot's probably the best of the, like, I like QT the best. There's only like two of them here. Yeah. So Pilot is the best of the, you know, normal gas stations here. It's not even close. The made to order food, like the Hobies are fantastic. I can get a Sammy at Wawa. Oh yeah, it's made to order. Yeah, I mean they it's twenty four hours and they have an entire menu and it's better than anything you get. Like they have real if I, can tur- if I can get a turkey sandwich and a cup of coffee in the same place, I'm going to be so pleased. You can get a, yeah, you can get like turkey sandwich done ten different ways there. Their meatball sandwiches are fantastic. They have good mozzarella. Their breakfast sandwiches. Oh, they have this pepperoni and cheese, which doesn't sound good melted, and it's like one of the best sandwich bagel sandwiches you'll have. That's like a pizza bagel. Yeah, except there's no sauce, but yeah. I'm down. Yeah, yeah, it, it's, so just, it's just even, yeah, and it's fantastic. And they have, oh, they have the soft pretzels. That's what's really there. They always have them right there. It is, okay. it's going to change the life of every person in Nashville. And anybody, I, I dare you, talk to anybody from Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware, and say, what is the thing you miss the most? It will be Wawa. And it's not even close. I'm down. I'm so excited. I can't wait. You're going to love it. And thank you for sharing that news. It is such a, there's just nowhere to get like, because if you don't want to have fast food and you want like a quality fast meal and it's, oh man, the coffee and they have like all these different types of coffee, their pumpkin coffee at, at Halloween is fantastic. And your pumpkin um, coffee. Uh, but yeah, they have all the drinks, all the drinks you possibly want. It's like a gas station, but on steroids with the best made to order food you'll probably ever have. Oh yeah, baby. Love to hear it. Well, when is the first one opening up? Do we know? It, it said 2025. I hope that that's not true. I hope it, they can move it up a little bit, but it said by 2025, there's gonna be 40. So I'm guessing 2024 will be the first one. Maybe 2023 even. Oh, I don't, don't get me too excited. That, that would be awesome. That would but be I feel so like, cool. And the thing is the way they spread it out is it will be, they're saying 40 stores. It will be everywhere. Uh, you know, a few in Murfreesboro, some Franklin, they'll have, you know, probably 20 in Nashville, but like they'll spread it out well. So everybody will be within like five minutes of a Wawa. That's how it is in Pennsylvania. No matter where you live in the state, you're within five minute drive of Wawa, no matter what. I am so excited. I cannot wait for this. Um, This is like the best news. Honestly, this is also very good news for me. I'm like really excited to have that coffee right at my fingertips. Um, Well, Mark, this has been a fun episode of absolutely roasting people and uh, I love it when we roast other people and not necessarily me. Like I said at the at the beginning of the episode, if you live in Chattanooga, Hamilton County, and you have thoughts about the Lookout Stadium, I'd love to talk to you because I too have thoughts and would love to get maybe a local's perspective. So with that, Mark, also, also feel free to let Mayor Coppinger know your thoughts. Sure, why not? <laughs> that's that's funny. I was thinking about me, but Mark is like, no, let's go big, guns and blazes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's go. Anyway. Nice to see everybody. Mark, nice to see you. I will be, uh, we have so many Zoom calls this afternoon, so we got to go now, but uh, we'll holler at you guys next week.